First of all, I just have to tell you how excited I am to be here. Um, I stalk you guys weekly. So while you start service at 8.45 on Sunday mornings, it's 5.45 in Phoenix, Arizona. And I am up worshiping the Lord, so encouraged because of the expression of God that's, ex that's just, it just exudes from here. And so I just want to say thank you so much for waking me up every Sunday and giving me the opportunity to, before we go worship God to get just a sneak peek. The other thing is this, is I wasn't here when we honor Pastor Brett, and um, I at least want to, as I stand here, uh, take a moment to acknowledge him for who he is and the things that he's done over these 25 years. Um, he is one of the most faithful men that I've ever been around. Um, the thing that I've noticed, even as we went back and we looked at a lot of the, the videos that were shared, is what makes a man special is not just what one person has to say about him but when there's a collection of people who have the same thing to say. And as much as I feel the way that I do concerning him and what he means to me, it's kind of odd because I know there are at least 10 to 20 other people easily who can say the same thing. And so I just want to give Pastor Brett a hand clap for those 25 years he and Cynthia. So Rob already told you, uh, we were trying to run from the heat in Arizona it is 120 degrees in Phoenix, Arizona. And so I tell you this, if you ever want to know what hell feels like, just come visit us in June, okay? If, but if you want to have a little taste of what heaven feels like, come visit us in December, okay? Because that's when I'm laughing at y'all, okay? All right, so let's open up. Uh, we are going to continue in the series that Pastor Jim has been sharing on, and I've had the privilege once again, I said I stalk you all, so I've been able to really just learn from him as well as in terms of what does it mean to be healthy from the inside out. And so I'd like for us to join in Colossians chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 27 and 28. Healthy from the inside. And my question is, is what's in you? Healthy from the inside, what's in you? So it says to them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery which is among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect. Everybody say perfect. Perfect in Christ Jesus. God, I pray that you'd bless us as we study your word. I pray that you'd open up our hearts to receive what you have to say to us in this time that we have together. We thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Pastor Jim has taken some time to really talk about what does it mean to be healthy from the inside out. I know that you all have been studying and he's been talking about authenticity. Uh, he took a little bit of time to share with you all over the past few weeks uh, just some of the qualities of what it means to be authentic and you have to be able to accept your, distinct, uh, your distinctions. You need to make sure that there's no fear of man, uh, that there's never crippling comparison. And it also means that you have to be willing to stand alone and also stand with God. Those are some of the things that it means to be authentic. But one of the things that struck me as I began to really listen to uh, him, I listened to this series as we were traveling back from Seattle, Washington, a 21-hour trip 
on the road that I would advise no one to ever take. Um, and so I was listening to Pastor Jim as he was sharing this. And I'm telling you, and I want to encourage you all with this. This is a phenomenal message that he's really sharing. And I think we can kind of go through and we can listen to these things. But what, what does it really mean to be healthy, as he's already discussed? And uh, all of us have our own picture and idea of what it means to be healthy. But what struck me um, is when he made this quote from Pastor Norman Nakanishi. And it says this, if you don't know what to do, you may not know who you are. Identity or who you are guides ability, what you do. And he said it like this, it is the what that follows the who. It is the what that follows the who. And so as I was reading here in, in Colossians chapter 1, if you'll notice here, Paul is speaking, and he's speaking to these people, and he's trying to explain to them this mystery. There's a mystery that has been made available to those people who are considered Gentiles, those who are not considered Jews, God's chosen people. And there's this mystery that he wants to make available, and within this mystery, there's God's riches and his glory that need to be expressed. And so Paul is working hard to display what this mystery is, and here's what the mystery is. It is that Christ should be in you. And it goes on and he continues to talk and he says, we labor with these people. We labor with every man yearning to teach them. Why? It's so that they can be perfect. That word means to be complete. It means to be whole. And as we're talking today, it also means to be healthy. And so healthy from our perspective many times has a lot to do with what we do on the outside. Some of us will run. Some of us, it's about what we eat. It's the things that are outside that we take in that we think will impact the inside of us. See, a lot of us need to begin to switch our thinking and understand that we have to go counterculture because there is nothing outside of us that can change what needs to be changed inside of us. There's a $13.5 million industry that people pay money without fail, and it's called the plastic surgery industry. Because everybody believes that if I can nip this, if I can tuck this, if I can lift this in some type of way, it's going to make inside feel a little bit better. But can I encourage you with something? There's not a faith facelift that can change you. It has to be a faith lift. And so here we have to understand that if we really want to be healthy, if we really want to be whole, if we desire to be complete, if we desire to be well, it is not what you do outside. Because a lot of you all, no matter how hard you try, you'll never be able to look as good as this. Go ahead. Pastor Brett is not here, so I can, I can get away with that one, okay? You can try as hard as you want. You can look in the mirror. You can do all of these things, but they will never be able to change what is inside of you because the only thing that can make you feel on the inside is if you allow somebody or something to get inside of you. And so what I'd like to talk to you about are three simple things that in order for us to be healthy from the inside out, we need to know who or what is inside of us. And I want to encourage you with these three things. In order for us to be healthy from the inside out, Christ must be in you. Christ must continually be formed in you so that Christ can complete you. 
He must complete you. What does it mean for Christ to be in you? It means that he chooses to come and to abide, to dwell, and to reign inside of us. It means that he chooses us to be the ones by which he allows his spirit to dwell richly in. Here it says that's the mystery. A lot of us are cool and comfortable with Christ working around us. We're cool and comfortable with Christ working with things that we want. We're cool with God doing things that are impacting us. But in order for something to truly be changed, Christ has to change us. My wife says it all the time. Many people want to have a great relationship, but what they need to do is allow God to allow them to become great so they can be great for the relationship. And so God is desiring to get inside of us. And so I love this example of David, a young boy. We all heard the story about David and Goliath, and I believe it's in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26 to 37. And what I love about this young man is that many of us know David as based upon the things that he did. But who was David? We know that he killed a lion and a bear. We know that he slayed a giant. And many of us know him because he is known as a warrior. But what dwelled inside of him was a heart of a worshiper. And I believe this is if you have worship inside of you, you can slay any giant around you. Many of us know David as the deliverer. As he spoke to King Saul, desiring to go against this giant foe, King Saul said, there's no way possible you can go against this giant. Number one, he is too big for you. He has been in the war and in the army since his youth, and you are nothing but a lad. And David told him, I've killed a lion and a bear. When the lion came and grabbed my sheep, I'm the one who grabbed that sheep out of his mouth. And when it came against me, I'm the one who destroyed it. Many of us know David as a deliverer. But the only reason why he was a deliverer is because in him was a shepherd. See, a shepherd cares. See, inside of you, if you care like that, you'll do what's necessary. See, if someone is a shepherd and a shepherd is inside of you, you will do whatever is necessary for you to keep the thing that you love. How do we shepherd God's house? How do we shepherd God's people? How do we care for the ones? Do we allow lions and bears to come and to steal what God has ordained for us to keep? The only way that we'll do it is not because we're strong enough. The only way we'll do it is because there's got to be a shepherd inside of you. God is calling us not to just simply slay our giants or deliver our sheep. He's calling us to worship our king and to care for our sheep. God calls that to be in us. There's another one in Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Here's another thing that needs to be in you is God's word. Now, you've heard Pastor Brett say it. You should read your Bible every day. Jeremiah says it like this. God's word, they're in me, not around me. They're in me. It's like fire shut up in my bones. And whenever I try to contain it, I cannot 
Because when something is in you, it's got to come out. Let me tell you something. It's not what you do to show what's inside of you. It's what's inside of you that will show what you do. Let me use it like this. I'll use the example of sin first. Sin can get in you. And sin is like pregnancy. Eventually it's going to show. See, what's in you grows. And you know how it is, ladies. That first trimester. You just feel it growing up in you a little bit. Something bubbling up, right? You get to that second trimester, and then all of a sudden you want to keep that same outfit on, but you, you know, you look stressed out a little bit. So you wear little layers, right? So you try to cover it up, but you're still trying to keep it all together. But you get to that third trimester, and somebody starts looking at you like, oh, my goodness, I see it. It's all on you. Are you sinning? Oh, that's what sin will do. When sin is in you, it will tell on you. But see, that's the same thing as it relates to righteousness as well. When God's righteousness is in you, everyone sees it. When God's holiness is in you, no one can deny it. When his love is in you, no one can resist it because it tells on you. So whatever is in you will show what you do. Everything that you do will never impact the who that is in you. Everything that you do out here, you have to continue to do to try to keep the who in you satisfied. And the who in you can never be satisfied by you, can only be satisfied by the Christ living in you. He's in you. But Christ continually has to be formed in you. It is not simply that he invades your life and he comes into your soul and he touches you one time and all of that is complete. There is a perpetual growing process when we allow God to live in us. Daily, we have to look like him. Daily, we have to deny who we are. Daily, we have to die to our flesh because the process of Christ becoming in us is a process that happens over and over and over and over and over and over again. Just when you thought you got there, just when you thought things were okay, and just like you thought, man, I've made it to the pinnacle, then God all of a sudden shows you another peak that he's calling you to go to. See, God will always cause you to go up higher when he wants to put something inside of you. And can I tell you something? Don't be afraid of the next peak in your life because what it's trying to do is produce something in you. It's trying to produce something in you. And so I want to read this to you. It's in uh, 2 Peter Chapter 1, These are, this is one of my favorite uh, verses, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, I believe it is. And I'll start actually in verse 3. This is the ongoing process of Christ being formed in us. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's given us an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled, that does not fade and it does not wither. It is reserved for you in heaven. You who are kept by the power of God through faith and salvation, in this you greatly rejoice. Matter of fact, I'm reading this in the wrong place. That's, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm second Peter. I, was, I got going, I'm sorry. It was, that was good. Um, <laughs> I love it. Okay, 2 Peter 
It says, grace, verse 2, and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord, as his divine power has been given to us, all things that pertain to life and godliness. So God has given you something, and he's given it to you through the knowledge of him who has called you to virtue, by which has been given to you, given to us, these exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers in his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, here's what you have to do. You have to give all diligence. Give all diligence, and here's what you have to do after that. After you've given all that you can, add some more. Giving all diligence, add to your faith and to virtue, and to your virtue, then you need to add knowledge, and then to your knowledge, you need to add self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, there's godliness, and to godliness, there's brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, there's love. For if these things are yours, and always increasing. See, when Christ begins to mature you, he always asks you to add more. There's always more he desires of us. If these things are in you and ever abounding, there is no way possible for you to be barren and unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. If Christ is in us, we should continue to grow. If Christ is in us, something continually should be formed in us. Continue to give your all and then add some more. Christ in you. Christ being formed in you. And lastly, Christ wants to complete you. We talk about this health. We talk about this thing in which God has given us by way of, be it our natural bodies, but even our spiritual temples. And if we go back to Colossians, I love what he says here in verse 28. Him we preach, verse 28, Colossians 1:28. Him we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that they may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Completeness comes through Jesus. Wholeness comes through Jesus. That Old Testament word, shalom, peace, wholeness, completeness. The totality of who we are comes in the shalom blessing of Jesus Christ. When Christ is in us, he completes us. When we allow Christ to dwell richly in our lives, he is the one who completes us. He is the one who makes us whole. He is the one who adds what we feel like is deficient. Many times in our life, what happens is when something is deficient, we lean very heavily on the very thing that we desire instead of leaning very heavily on the one we should desire. And so he completes us. He makes us whole. He makes us new. He allows us to walk in the fullness of what he has. See, there's a time in our life when we can't walk with a limp anymore. There's a time in our life when God's completeness is what we have to accept. There's a time in our life when all of the things that are deficient around us have nothing to do with what completes us. I'll tell you a little bit about me as we close. So when I came here in 1993, I, many of you know, if, if you heard me share the last time, Pastor Brett is the one who led me to Jesus Christ in November of 1993. But when he met me, 
there were a lot of things that were incomplete in my life. I grew up in a family where um, my mother was an alcoholic um, pretty much all of my life. Uh, I've only met my father three times in person in my life. Uh, my sister has, has spent many years battling with drugs, and my brother passed away probably 10 or 12 years ago. And so what I've noticed is there are a lot of things that are deficient. But do you understand that your deficiencies should not stop you from being what God has called you to be? I want you to hear this. See, because if you allow what God is trying to complete in you, the devil, to cause it to be incomplete, it's just like school. You failed that class. But what happens is, is when a man named Jesus Christ comes and he invades your life, and you don't simply talk about him, and you don't simply converse, but you say, Christ Jesus, I want you to live and dwell in me. Then he begins to change you. Now, here's the reason why you want to be whole and complete. Because if the you, the who in you changes, then it changes everything around you. If the who in you can be changed by Christ, then everything around you changes. That same little young boy is that boy who's been here for 20 some odd years. And in deciding to go back to Phoenix, Arizona, one of my greatest fears was that I would go back to all of the things that were around me. And then there was a day when the Lord said, you're not who you used to be. And when God tells you you're not who you used to be, what can you say to him? <laughs> We've gone back to, to Phoenix and we started Valley Gate Church and God has been doing phenomenal things. Uh, in, in a matter of five months, we started services. We left in July, and we began services in um, January, the end of January. And it's the same boy. And so it's always unique. I see Sean, Pastor Sean right here. Pastor Sean is one of my closest friends, but when I, every time I hug him, I say, what's up? Because that's the police. That's what I call him. <laughs> So sometimes I'm a little nervous. I got to get over here just in case. I do. I love him, but sometimes he scares me. And so you go back to the scene of the crime. And every criminal goes back to the scene of the crime. But has there ever been someone redeemed that goes back to the scene of the crime? Has there ever been someone delivered that goes back to the scene of the crime? And so as we begin to have services and people begin to come in, I noticed that there were certain people who knew me when. And they would sit over to the side and they would just look. <laughs> just waiting. But the who that dwelled in me began to change the who that was in there. The same woman that I've known only to be an alcoholic my entire life because of the who that dwelled in me. She's given up alcohol. We had our first baptisms. We baptized eight people, which is amazing in and of itself. And the last one to be baptized was that little woman, my mother. 
See, the world tells you to, that health is only about you. God says when he completes you, it's so that he complete complete everyone around you. The reason why God wants you to be whole is so that he can drop you in a place where there are people who are hurting. There are people who are desperate. There are people who are in need. There are people who are deficient. There are people who are limping. And you help them become whole. See, what makes us so great is not that we become that picture that we've always wanted to be. It's that we become that picture of people that God has always desired for us to be. And so I encourage you with this. Allow God to make you whole and healthy on the inside, as he says, out. Don't stop with just on the inside. Allow him to change you on the inside so it can impact everyone on the outside. And when we do that, you'll see amazing things. My last story, because I just want to give you all a little update. We started this church in January, and I've simply been amazed to see what God has done. We've seen relationships restored in a matter of five months. We've seen people who have never known who Jesus was surrender their life. I looked up one day, and we had 140-something people sitting in here, and I couldn't believe it. Not because of the number of the people, but because of the person. And don't you ever look at yourself in that mirror and allow the who you used to be to stop the who that you're called to be now. Allow Christ to change you from the inside out. Seek him for that mystery until you find it. And where you will find him is right here in your heart. And so I want to pray for us tonight that we would allow Jesus to dwell, to reign, and to live inside of us. Anytime he comes in, something's got to go. So whatever those things are that have stopped you from being whole I want to pray for him and I want to ask Jesus to dwell richly in your soul can I do that let's just open up our hands and receive what God has for us today let's allow him to minister to us and to reach down into the depths of our soul allow him to touch you in that place where you've never allowed anyone to go he's breaking down walls today to come dwell inside of you. And if you allow him to break down those walls in you, you will break down walls from this point on in the lives of others. And so Jesus, we receive afresh what you have for us. We plead 
we beg of you. Dwell in us. Live in us. Abide in us. Transform us so that we can transform those around us. We thank you, Jesus, for the already amazing church that you've, you've built here. But the word of the Lord to you today is that he's not done building. He's just simply not. He's not doing what he needs to do because he wants to do it through you. And so, Jesus, we receive what you have for us, and we thank you. Amen. God bless you. I love you.